Hello everyone, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to the Psychic Matters podcast, episode number 80. Well, I'm just getting over a dose of COVID, hence my voice is not sounding quite right and I'm also still quite breathless, I have to say, so do forgive me, but I was keen to get this podcast episode prepared and ready and hung up on Buzzsprout, my podcast hosting provider, so that I didn't have to work on it over the Christmas break. This is my last podcast of the year and I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank you, dear listener, for all of your support this past year and for choosing to listen to me on the Psychic Matters podcast. It's been a fantastic podcasting year and despite everything that's gone on in my personal life, I've managed to find guests, write, create, produce, research and edit a podcast for you every two weeks without fail and we we were award nominated once again for the second year in a row in the People's Choice Podcast Awards and recognised as being in the top 10 of religion and spirituality podcast. And all of those, I think, are marvellous achievements. So I'm patting myself on the back and I'm also applauding you, the listener, because without you and your encouragement and support and frankly, your love of the subject matter, there wouldn't be a podcast. So thank you from my heart. If you would like to support the podcast, I am gratefully accepting Christmas tips in my podcast tip jar, which you will find on my website, anteato.com, under the podcast tab. And now to this week's episode. My next guest is passionate about helping intuitive children to embrace their gifts. She is a psychic medium and spiritual advisor and educator and a healer and a spirit artist. Michelle Henderson is with me in the studio this week. Michelle, welcome to Psychic Matters. Well, thank you so much, Anne. I am so excited about this conversation. Well, me too, because, you know, a lot of the work you do, you you have your finger in many pies, as the saying goes, and you do a lot of different work intuitively. But I know that a great focus for you is on supporting and helping and educating the younger generations about intuition and spirituality, mediumship, etc., etc. And I know that a lot of people I interview on this podcast have not been supported as a child. And you sent me this beautiful book, which we'll, we'll discuss throughout the podcast, Spiritual Nurturing for Intuitive Children. And I'm just wondering, Michelle, what led you to write that book? And was it because you were either A, supported as a child or B, not supported as a child? Oh, that is such an easy question to answer. So it was definitely B, not being supported. So growing up, I grew up in the Bible Belt of Texas. <laughs> and of course, in the 70s, and everybody, a lot of people didn't really know what a psychic medium was or intuitiveness or anything like that. And so whenever I really started feeling spirit, and I knew there was something there. Everybody in the very beginning, children are so sensitive and I was very sensitive and also emotionally because I would go to school and I'd come home and I'd be very emotionally, you know, traumatized because I could feel my friends, how they were feeling and everything. And I'm going, why am I feeling like this? My feelings are going all over the place. 
And then I didn't really have anyone to talk to because when I would start talking to somebody about, you know what, I think there is a spiritual world. I feel like I am tuned into it. And I I just know there's something different about me. And a lot of times, you know, my friends would go, oh, that is weird. You know, and I so then I shut down. And even my parents would say, don't open that door. Don't look there. Because, you know, you don't know what's going to be on the other side of the door. (laughs) And so, you know, so I closed it. But in my 20s, I had such a spiritual awakening. They were knocking at my door going, yeah, spirit was knocking at my door going, hello, it's time you know, you need to be with us. <laughs> and I'm going, no, it's scary. <laughs> so I thought I was going crazy. And I found a psychic medium in the Dallas area that really helped me. She said, number one, I want you to know that you're not going crazy. And number two, we're going to going to educate you. We're going to give you all the knowledge that you need so that you know what is going on, because this is, should not be fearful. This is more spiritual. So then jumping up to my 50s, right before COVID, I thought, you know what, it's finally time for me to work as a psychic medium. And so I started taking classes and I found out, my goodness, and there were so many people that went through the same thing I did as a child that they go, you know what? I, I couldn't talk to anybody. I thought it was weird. You know, I got depressed because I couldn't really show everybody who I truly was. And since I've worked with children for so many years as an educator, I felt like an advocate for these kids. I thought, you know what? I really feel like educating these parents or anybody who comes in contact with a child that's very in tune to know what to do for these children, to nurture those. And so it's almost like spirit knew the timing and I knew exactly what needed to be in the book. So, Anne, did you have experiences like this as a child? Uh, Were you accepted? No, I wasn't. Not at all. I was brought up. I know you said you were Bible Belt, Texas, but I was, my parents were very strict Roman Catholics. And I was just told to shut up, be Mm. quiet, don't talk about it. I actually got a very angry response. And so I was frightened of, I wasn't frightened of the spirit people I was seeing or the spirit voices I was hearing. I was frightened of my mum shouting at me because of it. That's the thing. And that, and that fear of upsetting my parents, it was really, my mother was very, very against it. I don't think I spoke to my dad. I think he's too busy out working his many jobs. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, it, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible, not supported. And like you said, Michelle, there, there was no one to talk to. There was no older person. My friends weren't experiencing the same things. And you just end up feeling like a freak on the edge of society. And it does make you very uh, solo or, or, or you carry a sadness within you and you can't really express it. Does that make sense to you? Oh, absolutely. Because it is a part of us. You know, and we can't, if you can't express that part of yourself, then you're not really showing your true self or your uniqueness. And everybody, especially when you become a teenager, you know, everybody wants to be the same. Or if you're a little bit different, they find something to make fun of you. And, you know, as especially as a intuitive person, you are so sensitive emotionally And you're such an empath that a lot of times that depression will happen. And a lot of our kids will actually um, self-medicate 
as well, because they're trying to shut that part of themselves off. And it's very difficult uh, to tune it down a little bit, especially if you don't know how to do it. And so I always tell everybody, yes, if you are experiencing something like this, educate yourself so that you can help the younger generation. Amazing. And do you have children yourself, Michelle? I do. I have three children. They're grown. (laughs) So, and yes, and I have, my youngest is very, very sensitive and she's still, she knows what I do now and she's accepting it a hundred percent, but she's still trying to figure out what, how to accept her own intuition abilities. How do you mean, how does that work for her then? Does she not believe that she's intuitive? Oh, no, she believes. She definitely does, but it scares her a little bit. And I keep, and I, you know, she just, I think we all have to go through that. I'm going, well, what are, what are you afraid of? Because there's really not anything to be scared of. And again, it's probably something growing up that she heard from her friends. And of course, the movies on that Hollywood <laughs> puts out with all these scary things she's watched and she, it scares her to death. But yes, when she hears a voice, many times she is alone and um, she just doesn't know how to deal with it. She's kind of anxious anyway. And so on top of that, she just does not know how to deal with it. And so I, I talk her through it. We talk about the different situations of what she's going through. And I say, you know what? If you're not fully ready for it quite yet, because we all have a time and a period when we uh, work with it and you don't have to do what we're doing, you know, professionally, you can just use it in your everyday life. And I said, just talk to spirit, just tell them right now, I'm not ready. You know, if you could kind of back off so that I can learn to my, you know, full potential, my life or what I need to do, then maybe there, there will be a day. And of course, I always tell her, you know, spirit will still be there. They just won't be as strong trying to get your attention. I totally understand about that fear as well, because when I was younger, 16, 17, I bought my first pack of tarot cards and I have spoken about this on the podcast before, but when I used to do readings for people, they were so accurate that I was too frightened to keep those tarot cards in my bedroom. I had to sleep with them outside the room in case something happened, which is ridiculous because now I know because tarot cards are just pieces of cardboard with pictures on it. There's no, no power in the card. The power is in us. Yeah. And I love, and I love to tell people, you know, it's almost like Harry Potter, you know, how he's finding the wand. And whatever works for him, it's kind of his tool. He's the one that activates the wand, not just the opposite. Because a lot of people are afraid of cards. And I even had a customer one time said, don't use any cards. I said, oh, well, I don't have to. It just, it kind of gives us an additional, you know, in-depth rating, but I cannot have to use the cards that, you know, that is perfectly fine. But yes, so I understand what you're saying about the fear of the cards. My daughter, I bought her some tarot cards when she was about 18 oh, actually wow. yeah and I say to her oh give me a reading oh no I can't I don't know how to do it you know all the meanings and everything so I say you don't need to know the meaning right. just have a look at the picture what jumps out at you what colors are important what do you think relates to me and she would give the most accurate readings it was amazing as oh, she wow. did reading after reading she got more confident but you do have to with anything with a child, really support them oh, and right. encourage them to have a try and go for Absolutely. it. And then there's lots of lots of praise required to uh, to let them keep stepping forward and and get stronger in their confidence. 
So then your children and how you approached bringing them up as an intuitive person yourself, did you change how you were brought up and encourage and nurture them? How how did that work as a mom? Oh, I certainly hope so. Um, I just listened to where they were. And um, of course, I didn't really, I did not work as a psychic medium as they grew up, but I did talk about intuitiveness and that I could understand things sometimes before it would happen. And so my oldest one time came home and she said, you know what? I was serving ice cream to a customer because she worked at a ice cream store. And she said, I could hear what they were thinking. And I said, oh, how exciting is that? Can you tell me more about that? And she said, yeah, but it was just kind of freaky. And I said, well, you know, when things like that happen, just, you know, say thank you, Spirit, for giving me that opportunity. I said, because that is the most spiritual thing that that Spirit was trusting you in that situation. But of course, you also need to, whenever a child does that, you always have to say, well, when you start doing that, hearing other people's thoughts, you need to really make sure there's boundaries because <laughs> you don't want to listen to everybody's thoughts because it's, sometimes it's an invasion of privacy. But I said, I'm glad that at least you know what your gift is and that spirit is trusting you with it. So I think for me, how I changed it from the way I grew up is just listening to them where they are and not being fearful about it and not bringing really religion into it and bringing more spirituality saying, oh, that is awesome, you know, and trust what you get and just kind of helping them along. And I didn't tell them what to do next. So, and I feel like, you know, spirituality, intuitiveness, they have to find things on their own. Uh, That's why I don't really talk too much about my youngest because I feel like she will in her own time and on her own journey do what she needs to do with her intuitiveness. I love the reassurance and the comfort. It's Mm -hmm. so important, I think, for the young people uh, as they grow up. And so if you're a parent and you're listening to this podcast and, and the parents are listening to you, Michelle, how would you know if you've got an intuitive child? And, and you know what? The number one thing, very emotional. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. So, and it really depends on the child because everybody can have the same type of abilities, but it just depends on where you're stronger at, just like anything else, like Artists, you know, we have different ways to um, create art. We have different ways to do any type of haircut or whatever. So it's the same with intuitiveness. So a lot of times, so these are just common characteristics. You don't, your child doesn't have to have everything. But when the younger they are, the, sometimes they're stronger because they just joined us from the spiritual world. And so they, a lot of times they can see apparitions. They can see people who have died in their family, you know, maybe a grandfather or grandmother that's coming to say hello to them. They'll have an imaginary friend. And a lot of times these imaginary friends may not be human. Because a lot of times spirit will want to show themselves to make the child feel more comfortable. And then those sleepless nights, because as we all know, uh, spirit loves to come and join us and talk to us and want to play with us in the evening when there's not as much chaos going on and we pay more attention to them. So a lot of times children, when they, especially when they don't understand 
they can feel spirit and they don't exactly know what to do. You know, they, and they're in bed and they're trying to sleep. So, and then they, you know, they, it's almost like there's a monster in the bed, mom, what do I do? (laughs) And, and many times, you know, parents will hear them talking and just having a good old time. Um, And then a lot of times they're really good with animals or even with plants or seeing auras around people. And which is so fascinating. And again, being able to hear what other people are thinking. And then their dreams are very like being in a video game. You know, those virtual realities, I always love to think of that as the dream <laughs> where they can, it's so vivid and they get visited and they go to different realities. So it's just so fascinating. But but the number one thing is a child will just be fascinated and start talking to a parent going, you know what, I got to tell you about the experience I just had. And or I got to tell you about my imaginary friend. And so if the parent, like you said, listen to them instead of going, oh, wait, no, no, we're not going to go there. Just, you know, just listening to where the child is. And what will really help if a child sometimes will get stuck with vocabulary or language and they can't really explain it, give them paper and a crayon or something to draw with and let them create what they saw or what type of story or tell it as a story. Because if you make it fun and say, okay, well, let's, let's talk about it. Show me what your imaginary friend looks like. What colors should we use? And it's almost like art therapy. You're kind of walking through it with the child and you get more information that way because they're so much more relaxed. Oh, how beautiful. What a lovely thing to do with your youngster. I know that when I was young and I just remember being jeered at for being too sensitive. Um, my mother would often say, what is wrong with you? You're so sensitive. Would you cop out of it? And I'd get a slap around the back of the head or the shoulder and be sent along my way. And it was horrible. Um, and in contrast, when I therefore had an opportunity to be a parent, um, my son, I recognized very early on his love of music. And quite often, he just wanted me to sit at the piano and play music that would move him emotionally. And he would sit there and cry because either of the beauty of the music or the way that it moved through him. And um, people used to think I was nuts for allowing him, you know, indulging him. But I saw that in him. And, you know, he's now 25. He's a multi-instrumentalist. He's a music producer and a sound engineer. And why am I saying this? I'm saying it because I recognized that pain in myself. I recognized it in him. And I just, without pushing it, I just allowed him to be who he was. I felt that was the right thing to do. So that is beautiful. I mean, absolutely beautiful. And your son, I mean, Oh my goodness, he was able to grow, you know, soul with a soul spiritually and be accepted. And that is awesome because, yeah, I, and I, don't you know that a lot of artists and, like you said, musicians have a lot of intuitiveness. Now, whenever he hears the music, does he hear colors or does he, or is it all like mathematician to him or patterns or how does he feel and hear the music or has he expressed that to you? He hasn't really expressed that to me, but I think it's in multi different forms because it touches him soulfully in so many different ways. That's the thing. 
Oh, that's awesome. Mm. So good for you. Good for you. And, and talking about being emotional. Yes, I, I totally agree with you growing up. I would, I just cry all the time. I go, I don't know why I'm crying. And I'd go in my bedroom. And I think though, my grandmother is very, was very intuitive and she would just, she knew exactly what to say to me and everything else to calm me down. And when I look back, I'm going, I bet she was intuitive herself. Wonderful, wonderful grandmother. And so you've written this incredible book, Spiritual Nurturing for Intuitive Children. It's a beautiful book. It's like um, an exercise book. It's full of exercises for children, things that they can do, et cetera, et cetera, and advice for parents. Where did you start putting this together? How did how did that come about? Well, you know, and it's so interesting because whenever... Whenever I was meditating, and you know, a lot of times when we meditate, we get those ideas, you get what we call downloads, you know, from spirit is like, all of a sudden, all of this information about this needs to be in a book. So and you know, I tell everybody as well, I think on our life's journey, things are put in our pathway for a reason. And the things that I experienced um, as an educator, as a teacher, as a behaviorist, I learned so much so that I could help the psychic children. And, and then when I opened the door as a psychic medium, I took all those classes. I learned, oh, you know what? There are some exercises that you can actually do so that you get better tuned in to your ability. It's almost like any talent that you have, like riding a bicycle, you need to learn the steps to ride your bicycle. Well, the same thing as a psychic medium. So what I decided to do, I thought, you know what, I can take the same exercises that I learned as a psychic medium, all the knowledge that I learned through the years and going through the fear stuff that I did as a child and dealing with my parents and society that was meant to be so that I could help others on their journey. So, so all of the exercises, what I did is because I was an educator and I, I brought it down to a child's level so that when a parent looks at the exercises, they go, you know what? I can do this with my child at the same time. And it's almost like a toolbox. And then for parents, I feel like I, I wanted to help educate them in the different areas, you know, why meditation is important, what the chakras are, you know, just the different elements in the spiritual world and what other things that we can be looking at, just kind of thought provoking some research that was also that I found that I felt was uh, very important to the book. So I just felt like Everything that I learned through the years, I put into this one book. And at the very end of the book, there are some, and it depends on what age your child is. Uh, there's color pages. There's some feeling sheets, you know, things that a parent can copy. And I've had some people go, do you mind if I copy this? And, stuff? and I said, you copy as many as you want to and distribute it to your other children, or if you're a light worker, do whatever you need to do and make your own, make it your own. Um, just so that somebody can make a program and, you know, a daily program exercises for these families. 
that's just brilliant. And you've got so much information in here. One of the things that really caught my eye that you speak about in this book without giving away too much content. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> but um, that's fine. But one of the things that you speak about in the book are chakras and cycles. And I know you say between the age of one and seven, this happens, this develops, et cetera, et cetera. Perhaps you could t- uh, speak a little more about that. And yes. Okay. So the reason why I added it in there is there are centuries and centuries and centuries of information. And this came from doing my research um, where each cycle year is seven years. And we tend to, depending on what chakra year it is and what you're working on, it just, and it goes through 49. I mean, through all of these years, I only did it through seven years of age because I felt like that's looking at a child point of view. And so it, it just looking at metaphysically that each year we're working on a different element. So the different elements in the book. Okay, whenever we're talking about the different chakras and the different year and everything, like, um, and when I talk about the different elements, we're talking about like fear, feelings, productivity, harmony, philosophy, wisdom, and spirituality. And if you look at more of the research into this, then it, it's actually a huge chart. And it talks about that year that you're working on, like the first year, um, we're really working with fear. And it shows that whenever you're working with the root chakra, okay, it's fear plus fear. Okay, so that's the main thing element that you're working on. And then you're working with feelings. Well, how are we going to deal with the fear of these feelings that we're having that year? (laughs) I'm sorry. It's so it's that is that number one thing is really hard to explain. Um, My editor as well. She was going, I don't know if I understand this. (laughs) And I felt like I needed to include this because it is centuries old. And I thought, you know what? I think it's a great thing to have in the book so that other people can see Um, the chakras have really been talked about for years and years. And that um, there is a philosophy behind it, and it's nothing to be scared about, but ancient people have actually worked on this for a long time. Wonderful. Yeah. Amazing. Just so, so interesting. And you also talk in your book about indigo children. And I often hear this phase bandied about indigo children. Oh, they're all coming through indigo children. And you think, oh, who are these indigo children? What are they about? Uh, Can you say a little about that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, and it's so interesting because, and I'm going to kind of put two and two together. So in the 60s, and it's so interesting, we were going through a spiritual awakening, you know, as a as a, a nation and everything else. And I feel like we're also doing it the same thing right now. Okay, so in the 60s, Nancy Tate was the one she could see purple, okay, indigo in children around their auras. And so she goes, oh, my goodness, this is a population that is special. And and she was getting information from the spiritual world saying, you know what, the, these children are special. They are here to teach us things. They are warriors. They try to, they're going, well, why are you not following the rules? <laughs> that type of thing. So they wanted society 
to be much better. And it's like, why are you killing animals? Why are you, you know, so it, they looked at the humane thing of things and really wanted things to change for the better. And it's very interesting because after that, then we also had the second generation of the crystal children. And the, this actually was in 1995 when we had a lot of children who were diagnosed with autism and also with ADHD. And they were here to change our vibration. So it seems like there's every, you know, a generation. And right now, and it's because I have worked with children with autism, I, Oh my gosh, when I worked with kids with autism, I really saw a lot of um, the nonverbal children kind of look off into the distance and they would start laughing. And I'd be going, what are you laughing at? And I knew that they were laughing at somebody in the room that no one could see. And they would just laugh, you know, and I'll go, okay, we'll tell them goodbye. Now when they get to work <laughs> and they would, and um a lot of my kiddos would love to look at geometric patterns. And I think that they can actually see the earth's energy and the patterns around us. And I was also, and I didn't really realize it at the time until I was doing research, but I could actually with a child, nonverbal child, autistic child, I could telepathically communicate with them with feelings, maybe not with words a lot of times, but with my energy and with words and, and sometimes words, um, and really get them to calm down. And I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time until I was doing the research. So they can actually also communicate telepathically. And so what I came up with the term, I thought, you know what? I think they're kaleidoscope children. Because when you look at a kaleidoscope, you see all the different patterns because all of our children are so different. But yet, the, at the same time, they can see the geometric patterns. They have the same type of behavior uh, that we see. And they are just love. You know, they're teaching us how to accept one another and to love one another. Beautiful. I love your description, kaleidoscope children. That's yes. just the perfect description isn't it of the color and the lightness and and the, and so many aspects to our soul that come through um right. when you talked of the crystal children changing our vibration what what do you mean by changing our vibration what what does that mean to you what what that means is okay so a lot of times whenever well like right now we're kind of going through <laughs> okay like during covid whenever we were all locked in right and it just seemed like the energy around us kind of went down a little bit. And, you know, it's almost like people felt it. And so it's kind of a lower vibration. And you it's almost like you get depressed. I don't want to say depression, but at the same time, you feel down. And so to raise your vibration and raise the energy on earth, that means our energy as well. And to make us more... um more spiritually aware, we raise up our vibration. Okay. And these kids were here. And I mean, and a lot of them were like ADHD and they're having a good time <laughs> and everything and trying to raise that vibration so that we're all on the same level and we can actually see the, uh, the miracles that we see every day, the synchronicities, the oneness that we can have. And so if we raise that earth's vibration, then we all get to have that. But whenever the vibration is really low, 
we we kind of it's chaos, I guess you could say. You know, we're not on the same level and it just seems like we're not on one and and it just more chaos in life. Just amazing. I love talking to you. This is so fascinating for me. As you were talking there, I was thinking, I wonder if with all these new generations of children coming through different different souls that come in for various different reasons, I wonder if it's the same in the animal kingdom where we're getting or dogs that are coming in with new vibrations, new things to enable and help and guide humanity. You know, and I, I agree totally because, and I really think that each generation maybe learns something different, you know, spiritually, because it just seems like, you know, when you look at the fifties, society was completely different than it is now. So I think with every generation, I and we, I think as a soul, we decide which generation we want to be a part of, depending on what lessons that we're needing to learn. And so, yes, and I think that, you know, certain souls are chosen to be those warriors to step, get us going in the right direction. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. And when you wrote this book of yours, and I know it's your second book, because you've written books before. Oh, right, right. (laughs) When you wrote this particular book, Spiritual Nurturing for Intuitive Children, who did you have in your mind as the primary audience when you were writing it? That is a great question. Okay, so when I first wrote it, I actually had in mind other light workers. And when I say light workers, they could be anybody that is trying to make a difference in the world. Okay. That can be psychic mediums. It can be coaches, virtual coaches, life coaches. It can be teachers, anybody that are, you know, that are here to really wanting to spread that spirituality out um, and to help the families of these children and develop a program. Because at the time I was a behavior analyst and I was working with families and helping them in the home. And I, so my mindset was, you know, what would be a wonderful thing is for people to come in and help the parents, you know, seek this, not that are seeking this knowledge, put them on the right track so that they're not afraid and give set up a program and say, you know what, why don't you do these exercises each week, then we'll meet each week to see how else I can help guide you in your child's development. And, um, and then it's turned because the book is now out on the market. Now I'm hearing parents go, oh, I don't need anybody, I can do this on my own. It just kind of opens up you know, um, again, conversations and uh, ideas for parents. And they go, you know what? Oh, yeah, I don't need anybody coming into my home. I want to do this by myself. It's like, wow, great. So it's become that kind of tool as well. That's just fantastic. I mean, I love that phrase. I love the people that are saying this because it just shows how things have changed in the last 50 years oh. since I was seven. <laughs> Absolutely. And a lot of my parents that come to me, because I, I always do like a discovery call, um, just to see what I can do to help them. And not necessarily, you know, provide a program, just what can I do? And sometimes it's just they want to say, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, is this the right thing? And they just need that validation. And as, as soon as that conversation is over, I don't hear from them again. That's all they needed. So a lot of times, they sometimes they just need to be validated. 
Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And what sort of feedback have you had from those people who have purchased this book and used some of the exercises in it? What are they saying about what they've seen within their child or children since reading it and helping them? Yeah. Yeah. So I've gotten a lot of, you know what, this is a perfect tool that I can do with my child. You know, they enjoy doing the exercises together. And a lot of them go, I wouldn't have ever thought of it that way. Or used, you know, or or use the color things in the back. I wouldn't have even thought of uh, using also crystals um, because there are certain crystals that a kid can use or because there are a lot of people that really don't understand crystals. And in a lot of times it just kind of brings that great energy in and it gives the child some type of power. Say, yes, I've got my crystal now. <laughs> it's almost like a superpower. I have my superpower now. And so a lot of times these parents are also putting different crystals in their child's backpack for protection. I love that. And also it puts the child back into feeling in control and taking away the fear. I know what this is. I'm able to work with it. It's going to be amazing. I've got my little tool yeah. here, my 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 crystal. Just it, It's just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And what do you think if somebody's listening to this and they have a child who turns around and says, mommy or daddy, I've just seen a spirit person appear in my bedroom. How do you think we should answer that with a child? Okay. And I, I, and I would say, okay, well, tell me, or let's draw or whatever. Show me what this person looked like. And what did they say to you? Or what did you say to them back? Or how did they communicate with you? Because a lot of times they'll only, you know, kind of show them pictures or with feelings. Sometimes they'll just see the apparition, but the apparition's not really talking to them. And just say, well, how did you feel during this time? Did it scare you or did, was it exciting or, or um, were you fascinating? Did you feel safe? And if they did not feel safe or if they go, you know what? I'm okay, but I'm getting tired of the spirit showing, <laughs> showing up, always wanting to talk to me because, you know, kids are like lighthouses. <laughs> it's like, come talk to me, spirit. I, I am very in tuned and, you know, spirit goes, okay, I'm here. So you always have to teach a child. We need to also tell the spirit, this is not the time I want to play right now. Right now is my time to sleep or be with mommy or daddy. And right now I am not tuned in. So it, it, again, it's just kind of talking to your child. Well, what can I do to help you? Thank you for that, Michelle. I know that there are children who see spirit people. Uh, my own children included, who actually have got very, very frightened. And even though they've got a supportive parent, sometimes it's difficult to know how to help them through the fear. So do you have some guidance around that? Absolutely. And again, just being in control. So if if spirit is coming into their bedroom a lot of times, okay, and the number one thing, say you are the one that is in control. And a lot of times, again, getting crystals and putting beside their bed or under their pillow, stuffed animal that keeps them feel safe and maybe a flashlight next to them so that if they start feeling something, they have a flashlight that they can look around. But also you can pray with them before they go to bed. Set, and a lot of times prayers are really good because you set an intention and just say, you know what, God, I appreciate 
everybody that you're sending to me, all my spiritual friends, but right now it is time to sleep and I don't want anyone bothering me. Okay. And then you can also show them you can be put into a bubble and say, okay, I'm closed off. I am put in a bubble and I'm going to go to bed right now. But there's nothing wrong with sleeping with a nightlight or a lamp on with the door open and just be there and say, you know what, it's going to be okay. And eventually, you know, they will feel much more comfortable when nothing happens. And, um, and you can also use sage and sage is a really nice thing or even spray if the child is allergic to smoke or anything like that. Um, but sage is kind of like a clearing of the energy and it also makes the room so much lighter in energy. And so, but do it with your child and go around and just say, okay, this is my, my bedroom. I don't want you in my bedroom right now as you're saging and just set again, your intention. Yeah, that's lovely. That's, that's such a great thing to do and such good advice. Thanks, Michelle. That's wonderful. Oh, you're welcome. So let's go on to spirit art because I know you're also a spirit artist. So yes. how does that work? What is spirit art for those people who maybe don't know? And how did it come into your life as part of your practice? You know, it's very interesting. You don't have to be an artist. <laughs> I will tell you right now, I never took an art class. And whenever, whenever I sp- say spirit art, it's actually you channel from spirit. Okay. And it's almost like whatever you feel, whatever color you're feeling at the time, that's what you're painting with. But whenever I started um, doing mediumship, I had my ego come into my mind quite a bit and, and stop the reading. It's like I could not connect in because I kept thinking, oh my gosh, what if I fail? What if, what if I'm wrong? So when I started drawing, I talked to the, to the spirit who has passed away and I started drawing what they like a lookalike, what they wanted me to draw, like their hair color and everything. I opened up. So that's when I started incorporating uh, the spirit art. I can also do it psychically. Whenever I do a card reading, I always love to draw a picture and tell a story of somebody's card pull, card spread of what we received. So there there are so many different ways. And then um, a lot of, I love to do this exercise where I connect in and I get a little dab of paint. And then I kind of move it around with my hand. And then I ask spirit, please let me know what you want me to draw or what to paint. And I just start painting and just follow spirit's lead and channel the information. And it comes out into a picture. And then I say, okay, give me a meaning behind it. So then I'll actually do um, automatic writing and get get some information and a message from the picture. So there's so many different ways you can get it. But the number one thing is, is that you're connecting in with spirit and just using different colors and expressing yourself. And it just it, it it's just an awesome way to get messages and information from spirit. Such a beautiful exercise. I'm going to try that myself later on. So we draw a picture. So first we'll connect with spirit and we just allow ourselves to draw whatever comes. And then we ask spirit for the meaning behind it. And then we put pen to paper and just allow the words to flow from the pen. Exactly. 
Oh, I love it. I'm sold on the exercise. That's just beautiful. (laughs) And I use acrylic paint because acrylic paint is so easy. It dries very quickly, but it's very easy to use. Yeah, acrylics are great. Great, great, great. Oh, how brilliant. And Michelle, yourself, you work as a psychic medium. Do you do readings for people? How, How does that aspect of your practice work? Okay. Yes. So I do readings. Um, I do mediumship readings and there is a difference between mediumship and psychic readings. So medium readings, I connect in with a loved one and sometimes their spirit guides will come through as well. They'll be going, I don't know who that person is. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's, it's definitely your spirit guide. And the main reason why I always tell people why I do mediumship readings is to get a message. That is the most important thing. And of course, we know that life goes on, right? And the healing that goes on behind that. Then I also do psychic readings, and that is more soul-to-soul reading, okay, where I get, I connect with somebody's aura, and I do a reading that way. And then that's when I pull out the cards. And I do spiritual reading and also do um, earthly, you know, questions if they have a question uh, that they have about their life. But it's only to help guide them. It's not to tell them what to do or, you know, I'm just here to help guide. And because there's always free will. And I always tell people, whatever I tell you, it's good for today to help guide you. But things may change. You may go, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and you have free will, you can change it. Um, so yes, yeah, so I do both. And sometimes some sessions, um, I do mediumship and psychic readings at the same time. Fantastic, depending on what people want at the time. Right. And you are, right. of course, a certified spiritual advisor with a psychic and medium certificate from Lisa Williams. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that was, you know, it's so interesting because a lot of people go, do you have to be certified, you know, to be a psychic medium? And my answer is no. However, going through classes and learning what you learn as a, you know, it makes you a better psychic medium. And then they actually, at the very end of the course, they test you uh, to see, you know, if you're, you should go on or what you need to, well, I don't want to say, should you go on because you should, but maybe you need to work on something else. So they do definitely, they test you and you, I had to read for three different people and then they had to rate me. It's like going back to school all over again. (laughs) And so, so just going through but it was a nine month program and to get certified through someone like Lisa Williams, it's like, I do not regret it at all. And it kind of, it also helped me with my confidence saying, yes, I went through that program and I was able to get certified through her and and her school. And that is a big deal because Lisa Williams is fantastic. We love Lisa. We love the work Mm -hmm. that she does out there. And also, she's quite a hard taskmaster with her students. She wants you to achieve the very, very best, unfold all of your potential, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so, therefore, she holds us to a very high standard. Absolutely. Whilst at the same time being totally encouraging and supportive. Absolutely. And you know what? And she also teaches you how to have ethics in your program or in your business. And ethics are so important. You know, she goes, you should not do this or do this as a psychic medium. I'm going, you know what? You're absolutely right. 
We're not going to go down, walking down the street, passing by somebody go, you know what? Your grandmother just said something to me because you're invading that person's space again. So yes, she definitely teaches you ethics. So I totally agree. She puts you on that high standard. And she also says, if I see you doing something that I do not agree with and you have my certificate, you may not have it much longer. Yeah, she's great. She she's is. absolutely great. Yeah. And so congratulations, Thank Michelle, you. for that. Thank because you. Because that's a, a wonderful achievement. So well done. Um, so what's next for you then? What what are you wanting to bring into your life over the next year or two? You know, it's so interesting. I have gotten to the point in my life where, you know, we used to plan, what are you going to do in five years? <laughs> and I've gotten to the point in my life, well, well, let's see, hopefully, you know, in five years, I'm still, I'm going to make this possible. I'm still going to be healthy. I'm still going to live a full life. But right now, I'm just trying to, you know, figure out where this is going to go. I, I'm kind of like letting spirit lead and help guide me. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going, okay, it's a new day. What am I going to do today? And so I am just saying I'm ready for anything. Um, and I'm still going to continue to take classes and still strengthen my ability and try to help as many people as possible. And so if somebody wanted to come to you for a reading where would they find you? And also, are you offering courses and classes yourself, Michelle? Right now, I am not offering anything, but I do off and on, you know, through the year, I do offer courses and I, I advertise that on Facebook and also on my website. But if they go to my website, that's the main hub of everything. And it's www.michellehendersonmedium.com. And that's Michelle with two L's? With two L's. And so in the past, I have offered um, spiritual art classes through psychic readings so that other people can, you know, make their reading so much more, um, oh my gosh, exciting, you know, colorful. <laughs> Should I Let's just put it that way. It makes it more colorful using the artwork. And then I, uh, this last summer, I offered a workshop for uh, children you know, psychic children that could get together and have their own little support group. And I'll probably offer it again in the su next summer as well. So was that an in-person course, Michelle, with the children? No, it's it's it was on Zoom, actually. And um, that way, anybody can join. Because I would love to do it locally, but there's so many kids. And now we have the technology that we can do it online. And these kids are not afraid of technology. <laughs> <laughs> they know how to work it. So, so yes, it will, it, it's on Zoom actually. So it might be a really good idea for people to go to your website, Michelle Henderson, that's Michelle with two L's, <laughs> Henderson, S-O-N.com uh, and to sign up for a mailing list so that if you send out a newsletter or something, people will know what you've got coming up. And I absolutely do that. So, and also if they subscribe to the website, um, they can get discounts, monthly discounts on anything that I offer. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. What a lovely thing to offer people. Um, well, Michelle, it's just been absolutely fascinating talking to you. Are you going to be writing another book? Do you still feel there's more to share? Um, I, you know, I, people keep asking me that and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a couple of years and to see mm. which direction I need to go so that I can help others continue in their journey. So we'll see. 
see see how it goes and if people want to buy this particular book spiritual nurturing for intuitive children do they go to amazon or bookshops where will they pick up a copy uh, just anywhere but yeah amazon it's definitely on amazon any of the bookstores and if you want to get a free chapter you can again go to my website and i will send you the first chapter of the book just so that you can see what's in it and make sure that it's actually for you yeah, well, I personally highly recommend that everybody goes and buys this, even if it's just for yourself, like even if you have no children or you don't have contact with children, it's just so beautifully laid out, very, very simple step-by-step uh, intuitive guidance and beautiful exercises. Uh, so I highly, highly recommend everybody goes and purchases. Fantastic book. Oh, Michelle, well, thank you've done you. a wonderful, thank wonderful so job much. with it. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. Such a pleasure. And thank you very much for coming on and sharing all your knowledge with us. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I love the conversation. You're welcome. Michelle Henderson there, everyone. I just love the work that she is doing, supporting intuitive children and helping us to encourage them along their spiritual path. And for those of you out there like me who didn't have any support growing up, we know just how lonely and painful that path can be and therefore how important and vital it is to encourage our young people and to normalize the psychic mind. I really hope you have found this episode inspiring. As ever, there are show notes available on my website, anteato.com, and you can find a full transcript, plus pick up the URL links, which will lead you directly to Michelle and her wonderful books. If you are looking forward to a hugely successful 2023, however success might look for you, and you are considering booking a session with a psychic to get an overview of the year that's passed and of all the potential that lies in the year ahead of you, then I am taking bookings for one-to-one readings and I would love to read for you. Just go to my website, anteato.com, and press the book a reading button. For now, I wish you a peaceful and happy holiday with your friends and family and those that you love. My name is Anne Teato and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters.